Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Good evening, Razorback fans. One, the only Hog Talk podcast coming to you live from the Sterling Stove and Roastery Studios. We're part of the Believe and Buzz Radio Networks, where you can hear us on all podcast platforms, as well as Buzz to 106.7 in Central Arkansas. So please like, rate, review our podcast, and all live shows are presented to you by Arkansas Brewing Company in Ozark, Arkansas. I am your host, Porter Hayes, and our broadcast is brought to you by Bet Online which remains your number one source for all things this season, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, from football, basketball, to college baseball. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers we have in 2023, and do not forget to use our promo code BLEAV to get started. Bet online where the game starts. And tonight we go to the Metters hotline and bring in Team Arkansas head coach, Monty Patel. Monty, I appreciate you joining on. It, it's always my favorite thing to watch during the summer. Uh, I know y'all didn't have a team in COVID, but um, I'll tell you what, COVID TBT really sparked the growth of this tournament, and I think we're reaping the benefits of the, the tournament, and now you're taking over the, the head coaching duties, and I believe your second year, full year of doing it. What, what's this shape? You know, just like, you know, get prepping a team. I mean, let's just start from the beginning. You know, for those who don't know what Team Arkansas is, TBT tournament is, just talk about what it takes to get a roster going, get into the tournament, and then, of course, get to your destination. And I think the biggest thing was players, connections, relationships with people. Um, you know, I even tell our high school kids it matters how much and how well you treat people in life because you never know when that comes back. And for me, it just went so much six degrees of separation. How can I get this guy's number to talk to him about playing and this guy's number to talk to him about playing or this guy's agent talk to them about letting their player play. Um, and so just over time, you just kind of learn tricks of the trade. You, you know, we built a great staff that has connections throughout. That's from the division one, division two to going into the NBA now. And so just the amount of connections we do have, we're fortunate to start getting phone numbers and having good, easy conversation with guys about here's what we are, here's what we're doing, here's how we want to do it, and we're, we're going to do everything the right way. So for us, like, that experience teaches us. And then, of course, you know, you know what I love about the TBT is, one, they, they have teams that are developed around causes, uh, ALS, sideline cancer. They had one, Autism Army. I don't believe that they're in this year. I hadn't seen them. Um, but there's a lot, and then they have alumni teams. And, and how much fun is it? The fact that you know you get to bring in a team of Arkansas guys, you know, together that one have they might have played with each other in college, might not have, but they always come back together. And this year's roster is full of Arkansas guys, and I can't, we can't even stop to mention without the, the addition to Sonny Weems finally deciding to play. And I, I think that he got a little slack from, from, from last year, but I think he made it pretty clear that he is going to play this year. And just what does that mean for this team just with his, you know, being such a veteran playing overseas for so long, 
what does a guy like Sonny Weems bring to your team? Uh, winning mentality. He's he's always been a winner from his UAFS days to even taking Arkansas to the elite or to the NCAA tournament, playing, uh, beating Aaron Gordon's Aaron Gordon's team. I'm not mistaken, it's Indiana. They beat them, lost the UNC the next round. Um, just you know, very decorated, very winner, very does stuff the right ways. Has a very good plan in life, and you know he he's a very high level thinker, and so it's just appreciated to have that. Like he he's one of the first ones to tell you. I, he was not anywhere without good coaches in his life, helping him along the way, um, and good people. So he treats people kind. He's a very fair person. So just makes it so much easier to be around a guy like him who's had his NBA career, now playing overseas in China, for these guys to also talk to and look at as a veteran leader, like, you've done it. So what do I got to do to get to your level? But also he's so humble about everything he does. That just makes it way more easy to be around. And another thing that I've noticed is a lot of these guys that are in TBT play overseas ball. And i tell you, if, if there's one attribute that comes the, the most important when it comes to playing in such a tournament like this, those guys from overseas know what it's like, one, to play in hostile environments. They know what it's like to bang and battle. And I, I, I got to go to your, your tournament the year before last, so uh, in, in Wichita, and seeing it in person and seeing grown – this is not like the NBA deal. This is grown men playing for a share of a million dollars. And you can tell that it, it's almost like – if you, I could put it in layman's terms to the casual basketball fan. It's like a game of 21 and the score is always 2019. You know, it's always there at the end because it's a battle from start to finish. John, I mean, it's it's competitive – indoor kind of rucker league kind of deal but i love it and and having those overseas guys just i think that's the perfect fit for this tournament because they you're talking about knowing what it's like to play in a tournament setting like this and play for money these guys are doing it and doing it overseas in different countries and the experience those guys get i mean some of these guys play in the nba went overseas liked it ended up not getting an opportunity to go back some of them chose to stay they all have their different experiences in the rhyme and reason for what they do. But the level of talent there is awesome. It's right now, even in the Wichita region, there's 16 teams. There. This is like a big, uh, like a professional AAU tournament. And just with a big bag at the end. Um, but it's so much fun to just see all these guys play. It's guys that you might have seen in college play or you might have seen in the pros, G League. You're watching tape of them now. So that just makes it so much more fun of a tournament. Yeah, and, and we're looking at the bracket right now. You know, you see that you're you're matched up. Your first game is against Ramup, which is another uh, alumni team from Colorado State. And you look down below and the winner game, you playing against a team or could possibly be playing against the team that you opened up with last year and uh, the guys out of St. Louis. And what was funny to me was how much talking those guys did. And the guys that were talking, none of them played. I mean, the guys that you see on the YouTube channel, none of them got any kind of run. So it was kind of funny. You, you watch them, and I know it's all for fun and show on the YouTube and stuff like that, But and they do a great job. But I just – I was expecting more of them to play. And when I seen that, uh, I one of them got maybe a couple of minutes. I was very surprised to see that. But – if you you do advance against Ram Up, you'll play the winner of the I believe the Kansas State Purple and Blacks Kansas State, correct? Kansas State and the guys. So you have a potential of, of going up against two alumni teams 
and one that you have already played before. But that's another aspect of the tournament is some of these teams you might have played last year, but it could be a completely different roster. So, you know, and, and that's what I want to lead into the next uh, thing that you can, you know, explain about the tournament is the lack of preparation that you have. You probably have like one or two weeks with these guys, and then you go and play in these tournaments, and then you're trying to figure out who these teams have, what they're about without knowing anything about that team. I mean, for us, we, we feel pretty prepared in terms of all these guys are professionals in these tournaments. They don't get to practice all that long throughout the whole tournament. Some of these guys uh, know each other really well. Like the Buffalo team, they kind of had some continuity from what they ran in college, so they can kind of get back into it a lot quicker. Um, we're taking guys from a bunch of different eras of Arkansas basketball versus then some friends. So we get three days together to put in what we need to put in. But, you know, we have to also realize these guys are professional. They've done this for a long time. They know how to play basketball. They just need to be in an organized setting to know where people are going to be and how to make their reads. I mean, basketball is a simple game that I think a lot of people have made harder over time. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, hey, we prepare personnel-wise and who we don't want beating us. We want to try to let the third or fourth option go for 20 on us, not the first or second option, who we think will be that first or second option based off of the careers they have overseas. Um, I mean, even last year, the guys' team, people said that, hey, we should beat them 10-15. They had pros playing. They, they're, they're out there for their brand. They had pros playing. They were really good. They And it came down to a last-second shot by Courtney to hit the three for the win. And, I mean, it was a one-possession game. So – just during these games, anything can happen. You're still playing respectable professionals at every stop in that game and everything. And so at the end of the day, you're just hoping for personnel. Then you start kind of figuring out by halftime about what your identity really is as a team. You'll, you'll see some stuff in practice, but up until a game where you're really critical of everything, that's where you start figuring out who you are. Yeah, and we're looking at your roster. And the only one I didn't get the, the team uh, – tracker doesn't have the your latest edition but mm -hmm. you're, you're looking at courtney forson adro bailey jabril durham jimmy went hunter mickelson i mean all those arkansas guys and then you throw in willie warren sean doss now willie warren we've heard that name before and nick king so go into those guys you know nick king um sean doss jr willie warren and then i think your latest edition don't let me forget his name i, I slip it brandon wood brandon wood uh, talk about those guys and, and where they're kind of from and, and how they're going to fit this year's roster. Um, Nick's from Memphis, and he played at Middle Tennessee. He was with the Windy City Bulls. Um, Sean Doss actually played for me in high school at Marion. This is how I know I'm getting a lot older. So he played for me, and now he just signed his first professional contract uh, officially today. Willie Warren, obviously, Oklahoma guy. Um, played against us, played against Courtney's team, actually. Um, he came and gave Arkansas 35. We, we walked away with a win that year um, under Pelfrey. And then Brandon Wood, we had met a little bit last year in passing at the tournament. He was on the, um, the Valparaiso team, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And he's coming from an Australia league that's really good. Their team didn't make it, the team he signed up for on TBT, so he kind of ended up a free agent. But he had won the three-point contest at – TBT, we just reached out and the conversation was easy, but he had watched us play and thought, man, they're they're really well organized and things like that. That kind of said, hey, this is an easy decision. I want to play and y'all are going to be a good team. Um, so it's just kind of, you know, again, six degrees of separation, getting phone numbers um, and just figuring out 
who fits our roster. That's the biggest thing is we want to make sure every lineup that we put out can match up to anyone else and that we have a lot of versatility options, which I think we've done a really good job by. We probably one guy away that we're, we're still about to add here in the next two, three days, and then our roster is set. Um, but, I mean, it's exciting to put together. It's exciting to see some of these guys. We're a little more veteran, but we still have some young legs on our team that can, that can also play. So it'll be a good balance for us. And going into that, you know, this is – I think I said beforehand this was your second year, but this is your third year coaching. Uh, mm-hmm. I was at Wichita, y'all, the year before, then you played in Omaha. You know, what have you really learned, I mean, your last two, that you're going to carry over into this this season of putting this team together, and now you've got two of these tournaments underneath your belt. You know, how much is that going to prepare you for this year's tournament going into, if not – one of the most electrifying and you were talking about venues in TBT, you're going to be going to the Wichita region. And if anybody, I would compare it honestly to Bud Walton arena. I mean, I I mean, just watching when, when the game after y'all's when y'all lost against ALS and it was the Omaha team playing Wichita, the, the aftershocks, that arena was packed. It was loud. and, And honestly, you know, it, it was almost like Arkansas was playing Kentucky in Bud Walton Arena. They sold it out. They love it. They love having TBT there. It, you know, they found a second region to even host there. So they're yeah. hosting a 16-team tournament in one venue. So they they packed it out. They, they've they done a great job over there promoting that. People love it over there. The locals love it. But hotels know TBT's coming now. So they, they've done a really good job in Wichita of getting all that together. Um, but, I mean, from, from a learning perspective – Every year you're going to learn stuff. The, the first year I was just more figuring out, you know, how to put a roster together, how to find guys, how to manage the roster, how to, you know, use our assistant coaches at this level. And we, we were more of the quick. I got, I got asked to do that job uh, in March or in April, right before the Final Four. So it was three, four months. The next year we had a year. Yeah, it was crazy. And so the next year we go into the tournament and we have a lot better of a plan of, you know, what's going on, what we need, how do we build it. Um, how do we fundraise the money to to be able to do this and, you know, just figure out little stuff in games that, that we thought helped us and that we could take advantage of. We've been doing a little more research on what teams that have been winning have in common and trying to put a little bit of that in there as well. But we also can't get away from what our, we believe our identity is on this team. So you're, you're always going to learn stuff in every game. And I've been very fortunate and we had a great run last year and even the year before where – I've gotten to coach in five games of these and we can watch the clips and we can watch the video and talk to other coaches that watched it to kind of just figure out, man, you know, here's where we could have been better. Here's what we could have done here to just keep trying to grow as coaches and as a team. Yeah. And it looks like this year's roster, you know, you've got a lot of guys that like yourself have, have a a good amount of TBT experience that you didn't have in the beginning to work with. And I know with with having Sonny at the helm of all that with Courtney, I mean, he, you know, there's another baller right there. You know, having them two people along with Bailey Durham. Durham played with uh, Team Arkansas in the, in the, the earlier years. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, just having those guys in, in that – we talk about veteran. I know it, it's hard to say they've only played a couple years. But, I mean, in TBT terms, that, that that's veterans. You know, they know what it's like to play and especially playing in an in a, a environment like Wichita. I mean, let's go over your other – teams in that bracket and of course we've just talked about 
the, the guys out of St. Louis. What what are you looking forward or have you had any chance to see what other teams have? Is it too early to speculate on on these rosters or are you still kind of wait until that they fill their rosters up as well? Oh no, there there's there's no look ahead for me. The the only team I'm worried about right now is Rama. That's what we're all preparing for. We have our staff meeting starting tomorrow about how we're preparing for this three weeks ahead of time. Um, to make sure we we know what we want to do and how we want to do it, but you know, Ram Up is not someone to overlook for us by any means. Uh, they they almost beat the LA Cheaters team last year, the the Drew League team. Um, they ended up losing that game by five, sixty eight, seventy three, if I'm not mistaken. They had four guys above six nine, six ten. They're huge, um, and so us just figuring out, you know, how we're going to match up to those guys and how they're going to match up to us. One, one of us are going to end up dictating how the other team's playing, whether we're playing fast and the bigs can't get down or whether they're playing slow and we need more bigs. So we're just getting prepared for that. I mean, it's easy to start getting ahead, like, you know, for guys like myself who I still find sometimes, like, how am I in this situation to want to fill out an NCAA-style bracket, right? But I don't want to look ahead at all. I mean, what we need to do is worry about that game. And luckily when you have a staff that that's as great as ours is, they can look ahead in terms of getting the staff, the scout ready because the very next game we play back-to-back days. So we, if we do win, I just know we have the next game at 7 o'clock p.m. Um, on that Friday. And so for us, it's just, hey, how do we get ready for this team? And then one of y'all assistants will have the next scout to be prepared on both teams. And plus, we'll get to watch the game too. And so we try to make the quick turnaround right after that if, if we are fortunate enough to win. And I've always been told to respect our opponent. And right now, Colorado State is all we're worried about. And talk about your staff. You know, who are you bringing along with you this year? I know you had a very, very good staff last year. Just talk about those guys. Introduce your staff to the fans and the audience out there watching and, and talk about what they bring to your your, your team. I mean, we, we got mostly the same crew back. Uh, Brock Witters at UCA. Um, great resource, turned into a great friend, uh, very good perspective in how to how to manage a basketball game and helps a lot. He's really turned into my right-hand man in PBT. Um, Carter Vance, he was on our early crew as well, and he, he does all the, the grinding out work of scouting and getting us prepared in terms of what I need to find on film, and he'll break it down and send it to me. And, you know, we, we've elevated him to the assistant GM, so he helps me a ton in terms of everything TBT. Um, we have Dawson Yates at Harding, who who's very selfless and does anything that needs to be asked. Doesn't matter time, day, whatever. It's hey Dawson, I might need you to go rebound. Hey Dawson, I might need you to do this. And then he's just he's selfless as could be. Um, we have Coach Bandy. Um, he actually is a skills trainer for uh, in in West Memphis um, and uh, has worked out Sonny and and Nick King and and Dawson. So very very good at you know just individual individual training, such things like that. But then also, you know, he just took over a head high school job and won a state championship. I was about to say. So, I, I mean, he's he, he's a winner. And, and he approaches everything as a winner. He's a former professional, and that's just something that helps. And then we added um, A.D. Maholtra. He was on the Baylor team that had won the national championship and then elevated himself to the Suns uh, front office role. But he'll be going back to a front office slash coaching role this upcoming year with the Phoenix Suns. And we just thought that professional coach may help us in terms of recruiting, in terms of game strategy, in terms of anything. And he's just really going to be my, my left-hand guy. So I just have more help to make sure that 
we can get everything we need to get and then be clear and concise with the players on what we need done in those games. So, again, just very fortunate through connections and relationships I've been just trying to make since I started in this business. And those guys helping out a ton is just more than I can ever ask for, especially especially for free. Like, this is – no one's getting paid in terms of the coaching staff unless we win the whole tournament. But otherwise, okay. it's experience and getting better. <laughs> It's like a it's like going to a lawyer, you know. You, we we don't get paid unless we win, you know. It's, and that seriously, I mean, and I know that you know there there's some teams that have to throw some guys a bone to to play on these teams. You get those upper echelon mm-hmm. guys, you know, and that's part of what that fundraising is, you know. That that's part of it. But if you want to win a million dollars, it's almost like nil money. You you, you got to throw them a little bit to get them to play on your team. And you know, let's talk about that a little bit. You know, you're talking about forming these rosters and getting guys to one that are playing overseas, giving up a couple of weeks of their time off. I mean, how hard is it to establish a, a roster that, you know, one, this, this isn't just any team gets into this tournament, you know, y'all have really, you know, paid your dues and, and won some games and, and earned your way back in the tournament. But just talk about the difficulties of trying to gather people to come play for this thing and, and, and I want to be just honest, in a state where not many people are familiar with the tournament and don't know much about it to be able to want to fundraise or, or invest in something that they're not too familiar with. I mean, for us, the, the recruiting part, we figure out pretty quick. The players are the best recruiters. Talk to them about guys who they want to play with. Talk to guys they played with. Talk, ask them about how they are in the locker room. Ask them those type of questions, and then they go out and recruit for you. That helps more than anything. Um, I mean, you even take the the Willie Warren conversation. I don't know Willie personally. I looked at his you know stuff, just resume of where he played, and saw that him and Courtney may have overlapped over in China. And I said, "Hey, Courtney, how well do you know Willie?" He's like, "Really well." And then literally within thirty seconds, Willie was with us. And Courtney texted him and just said, hey, come play TBT with us. It was a done deal. Willie text, filled out the paperwork within 15 minutes, and that was it. So some of these guys are just – they know each other. They know what they want to play with and who they want to play with, and that, that makes it easy. I mean, I don't know if there was anyone on the roster that we actually had that wasn't through another player. And so that helped us a lot. Um, so that, that part of it starts getting easier and easier. Um, the more we do and the, the better we win and things like that, the more money we hopefully have. I mean, I would love to pay all of our guys. I would love to pay our staff, our players, um, our support staff. But right now we just we just want to go over there to the tournament and break even in terms of hotels, travel, such things like that. And then after that, if, you know, a million dollars comes your way, well, now you can probably fund TBT for a little yeah. bit. Yeah, exactly. That I mean, let, let's go with that. Like, all right, what would it mean to you – and this squad, I mean, representing the state of Arkansas in this, because in the grand scheme of it, that's what you're doing. You're representing the state of Arkansas in this ter- tournament, TBT tournament, that all games are on ESPN. I mean, th- just talk to, you know, what would it mean to you to be the team at the end of it that's holding up that trophy and, and checking that Zelle? You know, you're, you're, you're the one that they show and checking the phone when that money drops. What would it mean to you, and, and especially pe- people like Sonny, you know, Jabril, Courtney, people that – Hunter, all these guys that have been there in and out from the beginning, what would it mean? Honestly, I have no earthly idea. I it, The thought of that anytime, like, I've ever even thought about that or just try to give myself some perspective, like, you're really in a tournament for a million dollars. What does that do? 
and I just end up getting chills. Like, how am I even here? Like, you know, so many times people complain about what they don't have versus what they do have. And I've been trying to flip my mindset and look, I'm excited to do this. I'm not happy to lose any game by any means. I'm too competitive for that. But what can we do to keep winning? And then hopefully if that conversation comes, it's after we win the game. Because in my mind, it's just how do we get to the next one? How do we get one more? That's, that's all. I'm just, I'm not going to be overly greedy. Let me get one more. Then let me get one more. Let me get one more. Those start adding up. So honestly, perspective-wise, no idea. Seems like a pipe dream. I mean, it's it's hard to win a tournament like that. 64 team, so much so much variance in that. You know, someone shoots it really well that they've never shot it that well. Someone doesn't shoot it very well that usually does. So it's just a matter of let's just take it one game out of a game at a time. Hope our defense holds up. Hope we're able to make some shots and close out the game. Because I mean, we were we were one game or we were one shot away from not even getting past the first round last year to end up getting to the Sweet 16 side of it. So I just try to keep it as, as close to perspective as I can in terms of, hey, let's just do what we need to do to win the first one. And another thing, I'm, I'm looking at the bracket. You know, your, your first game is on the 20th. I mean, this is almost like a NCAA tournament type of setting. You know, you're playing three games in three days sometimes. I mean, where does that, you know, we talk about bringing guys in and, and really keeping them the endurance and keeping them in shape because, you know, you play on the 20, 22nd, 23rd if you win the region, and then you move on to the next round. You know, how much does that come into play of keeping these guys healthy and keeping these guys, you know, in shape and their endurance to, you know, when it comes to depth, I should say, and in, in winning this tournament? More often than not, because they're pros, they, they keep themselves in shape for stuff like this. Um, what we figured out even after the first game of the first year we did this in Wichita, the game is – almost the same time as a high school game you might get an extra five minutes out of it so it's not as long as an ncaa game and it's not as long as an nba game or a professional game overseas so every possession will essentially matter in that versus you know a little more room for error in an nba game where runs happen runs happen runs happen you know you might get one run in this maybe two and then after that you're in the fourth quarter in elon time so we trust these guys to be pros. We trust the guys that we get off the bench to come be able to not, you know, to alleviate problems that were going on and just keep getting better and better and try to win. And, and you, that was my next point, that Elam Indy. I mean, talk about how crazy that is, how different that is from just a coaching aspect. You know, there's no time on the clock. And, and it's almost a game to 15 by ones and twos. You know, talk about – you know, how much fun it is playing in that type of ending. I mean, it always brings theatrics to the game-winning shots and stuff, and we, we always love those Elam endings. But from a coach's side of it, how nerve-wracking is it, and how does that go into playing in those final possessions because there's no time limit? There's so much adrenaline to it, and then at the same time, you just keep trying to remind yourself, hey, you're the coach. you got to be calm, cool, collected about it. you got to keep the game plan going. Um, and, I mean, even the first year – telling us not to, you know, it was a two-possession game. We don't have to get all three points right then and there because the other team still has to have the ball twice. So we can try to go get a layup and see if we get a free throw out of it. And we end up hitting the three to win. Um, the second year, Courtney gets left open on a miscommunication and drills the three because pros are going to do what pros do. You can't leave them that wide open. And then even the second game, an offensive rebound comes up and Coffee comes through with the offensive rebound, lays it up, and we end up winning. So, I mean, the adrenaline is there. And you just try to take a deep breath and say, okay, 
what's next? And you have hope between you and your assistant coaches that everyone can keep perspective of what do we need to do in this Elon to win this game? Yeah. And, and just the fact that, you know, it's always fun. You get to, I, I think, honestly, they're the ones that started the bracket where they, they always slap the name and move on. And you see that yeah. in other, you know, talk about like what you've seen firsthand in TBT that now is being brought into other, you see the Elam ending in other venues and other all-star games and stuff. How much does people not realize that TBT has really affected how the, the marketing and the excitement carry over to other other levels and other leagues? I think people don't want the sports game to last an overly long amount of time. And the Elon ending kind of showed that, hey, this can still be fun. I know they brought it into the All-Star game. Uh, we've started seeing it in AAU and the high school and team camps. They're testing it in the G League, if I'm not mistaken. So it's starting to kind of pick up more and more. But, I mean, it's fun because every game ends on a game winner, right? And that's the fun part. It's it's no different than a pickup game. Someone has to hit the game-winning shot, regardless of how close or how how much the score discrepancy is. And so just, you know, that, that makes the, the game fun. It's not fun. I mean, it is fun if you're on the winning side of winning a game by 30 by all means and clock runs out. But still having a game winner, even if you're up 30 on somebody, and then getting to hit a game winner is still exciting. And let's talk about, you know, one, you know, we, we've kind of chopped it up many a times about possibly the potential of Arkansas hosting. I mean, what do you think that would do for the state that people don't realize that a tournament setting like this with 16 teams would do one for the economy of that town? But if Arkansas gets to the point to where you get a whole congregation of fans, you know how hog fans are to really get behind this team and they see what this is all about. I think, and I've said this, if, if we get the ball rolling and get this thing into Arkansas, there's a legit shot of you could challenge the aftershocks of being one of those premier locations. I mean, how much have you really tried to get this thing in Arkansas and what, I mean, have you made any progress and what towns have you kind of looked at possibly maybe wanting to host with you? Uh, Little Rock wants to host it. I know UALR has shown a lot of interest in wanting to host it. Uh, TBT is a little more hesitant in terms of because we're not UALR's team of hosting it there. And what I try to tell them is like, look, as I respect every school that we have in the state, Arkansas has got the biggest fan base, and it doesn't matter what gym they're in. If people can go watch these guys that they used to watch or that their kids grew up watching or whatever it was, they're going to try to go watch the game. And, you know, Hosting it in a barn hill seems like the most fun because you would fill it up. Like I know Arkansas fans will fill yeah. it up. Heck, if I was if I wasn't coaching in this and they were hosting, I'd drive up to go watch that game. So I think you know we just got to keep making progress, keep trying to win, and then see who wants to put in a bid. And that's something I've talked to TBT a bunch about of maybe just doing it in Little Rock, especially with the airport being a little bit bigger, more hotels around here, more more you know a little more things like that that could help. TBT want to say, okay, you know, let's give this a chance because I know Wichita profits six figures on theirs and they'll probably, they'll probably double their profits this year, especially hosting Wichita, Kansas and Kansas state. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you just hope that you can get it done and you just hope you could bring it here one time. That would be the ultimate goal. That's what, what Sonny's big goal is. He wants to get it to Arkansas. Then I think a lot of people are going to want to play and we've got to really figure out, you know, what the best roster to put together is to play. Well, there's a guy over in the big three that I would love to see come over. And I, I know he's played with an, another team in uh, 
TBT, but you know, I just, you know, we all, uh, us, the fans of the, of the TBT and ones who's followed it, you know, you always put your dream Arkansas matchup and you look at the staff or the team that you could potentially have with all the available players that have went to Arkansas. And if you could get the top 10 to commit to play, you would have a very, very stacked roster that could have a, a potential of winning it all. No, if all the, if all the if and what if and all that stuff happened, I, I don't know if it'd be as fun to to us as much as it'd be to y'all because we're the ones having to figure out who are we taking and how are we going to manage all this. <laughs> but, I mean, it would be a lot of fun to just see the the top, you know, eight, nine, ten guys on an Arkansas team just really going to war against other people and, you know, the us versus you mentality. Uh, that would be exciting for us. I mean, it really would. So, you know, we just keep trying to push away, push away, break away, whatever you want to call it, and just get to that step where we can say, okay, we're going to host it in Little Rock or yeah. we're going to host it in Fayetteville. And even even we pitched Hot Springs as an idea. I mean, right by the casino, you got the lake, there's, there's things to do there. They've got the places to stay. Like something like that would be awesome. But, you know, it's, it's going to take time and progress. And the more people start paying attention to the tournament, the more people start watching it, the, the better the chance it is, you know, of getting there. We need to invite the top guys to come to a Razorback game and, and show them what could be the potential. I mean, take them to a Tuesday night game where there's only eight, 9,000 and hear them call the hogs and we could be like, this is what it could be. Because it no matter what, I mean, I always tell this story when Jermaine Taylor was fighting Bernard Hopkins way back, I think it was 03 or 04. He was fighting Bernard Hopkins in Las Vegas and in the middle of the fight broke out a hog call. I mean, it just... <laughs> You know, that is one of them things when you talk about something like a roll tight or a hog call and it would represent Team Arkansas, there, there would be nothing cooler than to know that Arkansas hosts and you're playing a game and just you go on this run and the hog call. I mean, I know that would give everybody chills because being an alumni team and playing in front of your home state, I mean, I, there, there's got to be no better feeling than that. But just knowing that full circle where you, you've come from and, you know, starting this till now. I mean, I know that'd be a dream come true, but you, you did talk about the fundraising and stuff and let's wrap it up on, you know, how people can, you know, do this, help out. What, what are the ways and means that people can really help out? And what are you main, your main uh, needs of when it comes to fundraising for a team and travel and, and getting all these guys in the right spot? We're short where we want to be financially. Last year, we got to a very comfortable level where we knew we could operate, and we did to where, you know, we didn't lose very much money out of the organization, out of our own pockets. This year, we're a little shorter. I um, think the economy is just a little down for a lot of people. But, you know, we, we put on our social media different tiers we have. We, we, we want to fundraise. We want to help. We're very flexible with how we market. We just – we're close, and, you know, we have – a little less than a month to figure it out. And hopefully, hopefully more people say, Hey, you know, let me, let me do this. Let me do that. We are a 501 C three. We are able to, you know, be wrote off on your taxes. So we're just hoping we can find people that have interest in donating to us, helping us just even every, every little bit will add up. And that's what we're just trying to chunk together a bunch of little bits. And hopefully that's the chunk we need to be, you know, operating where we want to be. Yeah, and, you know, we hope that, you know, one day, you know, that would happen where we can host and knowing that, you know, I know that's got to be a big burden off you because I'm sure that you're up to the last minute of, hey, how are we going to get these guys one there? But 
feeding them and, and really kind of taking them because you want to keep guys that that's the thing. This is not just for this year. It's Hey, we, these guys, we want these guys to have the best experience. And if they're, they're taken care of, you have no problem asking them back and coming back, but it's like the fundraising part of it. If, you know, let's be real about it. You know, the guys are like, man, well, we just, it's hard time. It is much rather playing in Mexico than, than going to Wichita and not knowing how we're going to eat and stuff, you know? So I know oh, that. I mean, you don't want, you don't want people paying their own money to play on a team. And that's what we're just trying to make sure everyone gets a chance to break even that they're making connections that they have a chance to get on TV and show what they can do. And then getting into different leagues and elevating their careers up. I mean, <clears throat> that's the, uh, that's the ideal goal um for us just trying to break even that as close to even as possible if we have a little extra money left over then you know what what can we pay for that you know someone may have spent x amount on a flight can we help them out um that's always the goal um you know the big thing and and, and i asked on twitter and i try to ask on some groups obviously my following isn't very big but who can we partner with to be an alumni team with a cause and then, you know, if, if we win an X amount of dollar, we, we put a percentage back to that foundation or that charity. And who can we partner with to, to really get that going? And I think that would be really incredible because, I mean, you know, we all want to win. Everyone wants to win, but I also want to put into something that's meaningful that can change other people's lives as well. Not just not just our players, our staff and everybody, but, you know, some kids lives, some something. So if we could figure out ever at some point who we could partner with that that would be willing to say, hey, we'll front X amount of dollars, and then if we win the tournament, you go there. I mean, there's teams right now in TBT with a $150,000 budget. Yeah. I mean, imagine Floyd Mayweather's team. What kind of bankroll do you think those oh. guys have? And so it's just trying to figure out how can we just get to a break even or have a little bit of money if we needed it. But, I mean, it's also – it's also not something we're worried about when it comes to paying guys yet because, I mean, you got guys like Stunny who put in his own money versus that to be paid to play. So it's like that's a great example of someone just saying, look, I just want to hoop, and that's what we want. We just want guys that want to be there. That, that's super important in the tournament, guys that want to be there, guys that like each other, guys that want to play together. Yeah. Well, was, I'd really appreciate you, Monty, coming up. Man, like I said, it's been an honor to get to know you and this team and getting to follow <laughs> – I followed TBT since the beginning. So it's one of them things like you becoming a coach, yet me being a fan and being able to be a part of a team. And, you know, I, I talked to your staff and, and not being able to help out as much as I did in the past couple <clears throat> years, you know, being able to come to the games, just stuff with the, the podcast and, and, and work just hasn't really allowed me to go up to Wichita, which I really hate because – I love going to Wichita. I mean, that was just a fun – I mean, I, dude, I drove up there, watched the game, and drove straight back because I wanted – you know, it was like a, almost a bucket list deal. Like, I sure. really wanted to experience TBT in person, and it was it was well worth the money. Well, I mean, hey, man, we, we always appreciate your help, and you know I got a ton of respect for you. So, if you can't make it, we understand, too. We know you're still supporting us. I still know I got a text message after every game coming from you, and then we'll catch up. So – all the help and all of everything is just always appreciated. And, you know, like we just want to be around genuine people. And that's the biggest thing for us. And so I appreciate all the help that you have given us so far. And I know you're going to continue helping us. And as much as I can help you, uh, of course I would. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. And we're not done. You know, we're, we, like you said, we'll come back on and, and talk about, you know, when it gets really crunch time and get some availability to talk about, you know, how camp went and 
really when you get a good eye on the team ram up and we'll definitely chop it up right before the tournament. Sure. Anytime you know you how to get a hold of me. Yes, sir. You have a good evening. Thank you. Appreciate you. That was Monty Patel, head coach of Team Arkansas TBT. And again, like if you've never experienced TBT, it's it's an amazing experience to be able to watch this tournament. It's a different setting. It's five on five grown men. And, you know, a thing that really hits me is you have a lot of teams that are playing for causes. And like Monty was talking about being able to want to play for a cause. I mean, all y'all know how I am with the autism and stuff and special Olympics with, with my son and note with sideline cancer, the, woman who founded that was, you know, it's in honor of her husband, you know, sideline cancer. It's one of the most popular teams in TBT. It was formed from a cause, you know, challenge ALS, you know, a, another team that, you know, there was one uh, mental toughness, mental awareness. I mean, that has my, been my favorite part of watching this grow is the amount of teams that are formed from causes to raise awareness of other, you know, charities and stuff going on and i think it was when uh sideline cancer either made it to the finals or close to i, th I want to say it was the finals or final four of the tournament uh the team that won it their fans donated i'm going to say twenty five thousand dollars or something to their foundation i mean they they gave part of their money that they won of the million to that foundation so i mean it touches lives it really touches people when especially when you're support, you're not just supporting the tournament, you're supporting causes. And that's the favorite part of this tournament is, and they really do. I mean, the, the, they had an autism army team, the, the guy who was the head coach and player, his son had autism. He was the one that, that run the team, you know? And so when you see things that touch you personally, you, you want to tune in more to it. And that's what I love about the tournament, but we're going to take a quick commercial break after the break, we're going to recap some uh, off-season softball news. And then, of course, you know, talk about the, the, the passing of Ryan Mallett and, and just, you know, heartbreaking news this afternoon out of, out of Florida. But we'll be right back after the break. Attention DOIers and home improvement enthusiasts. Are you searching for the right tools and the supplies to tackle your next project? Look no further than Metters Hardware Store. With locations in Ozark, Alma, and Clarksville, our vast selection of hardware and building materials is sure to have everything you need. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or building a new deck, most of our knowledgeable staff is always on hand to offer expert advice and guidance. And with our competitive prices and convenient online ordering, Metters Hardware Store is your one-stop shop for all your DIY needs. Business today, and let's build something amazing together. Are you in need of legal representation? Look no further than the law offices of Robertson, Beasley, Shipley, and Robinson. As the oldest law firm in the River Valley, we have been serving our clients for over 100 years, with locations in Ozark, Fort Smith, and Springfield. Our experienced team of attorneys provide expert guidance and advocacy in a wide range of legal areas, including personal injury, family law, criminal defense, and more. Trust in our Harris history and experience to get the results you deserve. Contact the law offices of Robertson Beasley, Shipley, and Robinson today at 479-782-8813. That's 479-782-8813. Are you looking for a place to grab a cold drink and some delicious food? Look no further than Arkansas Brewing Company. Located at 201 South 1st Street in beautiful downtown Ozark, our establishment offers a wide selection of craft beers and tasty eats. 
But what sets us apart is our welcoming atmosphere and friendly staff. At Arkansas Brewing Company, you'll always feel like part of the family. So visit Destiny and Christopher Brockett and staff today and see for yourself what makes us the go-to spot for locals and visitors alike. Arkansas Brewing Company, come for the drinks and stay for the friends. Searching for premium brewery products that will take your daily routine to the next level? Look no further than Sterling Soap Company. Our handmade soaps, aftershaves, and balms are made with only the finest ingredients that give you the ultimate grooming experience. With a variety of scents to choose from, there's something for everyone. Plus, our products are crafted in small batches to ensure the highest level of quality. So why wait? Visit www.sterlingsoap.com. Visit our retail store at 16 West Walnut Street in Paris, Arkansas. Shop our collection and discover the difference for yourself. Upgrade your grooming routine with Sterling Soap Company. And I want to welcome you back to the Hog Talk podcast. And i tell you what, um, you know, Nothing brings me greater joy than seeing the, the job that Courtney Dyfel has done with that softball program. And I know the season didn't end the, the way that we all wanted it to, getting put out in regions and stuff. But, you know, I, I sent her a message, I think it was a week after, and just to see if I could catch up. And, you know, after the, after the season ended, to talk about, you know, future and what, what kind of roster they can look up. And I was like, you know, what, what are – your time off, what's the time off between the players and coming back? And she said, uh, there's none, no time off. And, you know, it kind of struck me as, you know, all right, she's, she's not playing around, you know, they're, they're really ready to uh, get rolling next year. And then you start seeing the news of the portal players that they got coming in, knowing you're going to have to, you know, replace Dels, you know, Shanice. I mean, one of the greatest pitchers to pitch at Arkansas, you know, you're lo- losing some key components. And when, when you see the announcements that they have Morgan Linestock coming in, then you had Nia Carter, one of the top hitters in the country, come in from Iowa. I mean, all right, so you're like, man, you're really getting these, these players to come in. Then they get the big one, Bree Ellis out of Auburn. And what was funny was Bree was very vocal about the the – girls being able to do the portal and enter the portal. And we got to remember, you know, like what really got the ball rolling was uh, Jordy Ball out of OU, you know, wanting to go and play at, at Nebraska at her home. The, the, I mean, she's won back-to-back national championships at OU, and she's done pretty much – I mean, they went 57-1, and one, you know, one of the top programs. I mean, they're the Alabama of softball, you know, they're – that's just how dominant this program is. I mean, and you just got the top coach in, in the softball world. You, and then again, Norman's 30 minutes before they play the women's college world series, but you're seeing players now wanting to go play home closer to home or play for a program that can get them to the next level. And Bree said on uh, her interview, I believe if it was pick trail nation or, or with, um, Coach Z and, and Grovey, but, you know, she wanted to go play for Co- Coach Dyfel her freshman year when they got swept. That's the effect that Coach Dyfel has on these players. She, what we were talking about with uh, Ty Richardson last night of the fact how Eric Musselman, Eric Musselman can potentially get any player he wants. 
at least listen to him in conversation and consider going to Arkansas. Coach Stifel has now done the same thing. She can legitimately go to any player and has a shot to get them to come play for her at Arkansas. And you look at the amount of transfers. There was somebody who was talking about Arkansas hasn't done anything with, with transfers or something. But, I mean, Daniel Gibson was a transfer. Braxton Burnside was a transfer. You look at um, KB Sides was a transfer. Shanice Dells was a transfer. I could go on and on about the amount of transfers. Taylor Ellsworth was a transfer. You know, that's the big thing about Arkansas is when they come to Arkansas, they're part of Arkansas. It goes into our conversation with Monty and Team Arkansas. I mean, so much of what I want, what I've been able to witness, and I know what Ar this tournament and having it in Arkansas could do for this state and really give the fans something to root for. And, you know, the amount of passion that's in this tournament because these guys are doing it for next to nothing. Even if you happen to be that team that wins it. I mean, you're getting a share at a million dollars, so you're getting nine eighty to 90000 that could that that could be a once in a lifetime payment. You're not getting that. You're not promised that every year. And so, with what that being said, you know what Coach Stifel has done, and not playing around. Like her mission is to get to Oklahoma City, and I've said it about a lot of coaches, but she deserves it that to get to Oklahoma City because she's done it the right way. She gets players to come by into her system and her staff, and. Speaking of staff, you know, the reports are, you know, it's all but, you know, I guess we're pretty safe to say it on the podcast, but if they end up getting DJ Gasso to come be their hitting coach and it, it it's inked and it's done, I'm telling you, it, this is going to be a game changer. I mean, to get the staff, you're not only investing in the top players to come, play for you, now you're bringing in a young DJ Gasso, daughter or son of the coach at OU. But the thing is, we let's be real about what the team has kind of lacked when it comes to getting to that Oklahoma City level. It's been their hitting. They need still need – I still think they need another pitcher to get them to the Oklahoma City level because I'm telling you, you know – Coach Diefel and, and teams, they get a lot of flack. Dave Van Horn gets a lot of flack because he always seems to get to home, Omaha, but you, you can't ever win it. Well, Coach Diefel's made it to the Super Regionals, and she got embarrassed and, and lost in regionals. You don't, you don't realize how hard it is to get into regionals, out of regionals, into a Super Regionals, and then be the top eight teams to play in Oklahoma City. And – Doing it when you have to have two or three solid pitchers, and that's one of the one of their biggest things. They had Shanice, and you've shown times where Robin was on her game, Camenzen was on her game, McGaffin was on her game. But trying to get all three of those to, you know, lock in at the same time and have a stellar staff, that's been the Achilles heel of Arkansas. Getting two pitchers to really come out and not have to rely on Dells or Storms or half. You know, that, that's been the MO over the past couple of years, and that's what Coach Diefel is wanting to change is the fact you're building this monster staff, you're bringing these pitchers in, you're bringing top hitters in on top of your freshmen. And that's another thing. 
you got to realize half this team was freshmen last year. I mean, and, and girls that were on the bench were freshmen. They're only going to get better. And it's only a matter of time that Oklahoma, they get to Oklahoma City. I, I could guarantee you within the next four years they're getting Oklahoma City. By the time this freshman class, and if you want to count this year, that that's fine. But I, I guarantee you that the, the team, that the freshman class, they're going to get to Oklahoma City. That they There's so much happening, and they're building a staff. You're bringing in top-tier hitting coach. you got Matt Michael, one of the – best minds in softball when it comes to analytics and watching him just do his magic on, on that laptop and that iPad about, you know, the velocity and spin rates and just really, I mean, they developed Shanice into the pitcher. She is, they gave her confidence and they gave her that drop pitch that have really developed her. I mean, she had the talent and, and she's even talked about wanting to step away from the game before she even went, you know, went to Arkansas. You know, that staff they have there at Arkansas, and again, we can't say it's official because nothing's been officially announced by the university, but all arrows are pointing towards DJ coming to Arkansas. And I, I think that I was talking to somebody the other day. It's like, and I'd even tweeted it out, that the fact that four years ago, ah, let's just move on to football, but it's exciting. It's so exciting that we're, at the edge of our seats, we're paying attention to all the sports, all the athletes, whether it's track and field, whether it's volleyball, whether it's football, basketball. Arkansas fans are getting to enjoy a full year of success. I mean, I know the football team didn't have too much success last year from the previous nine wins, but they're still relevant. They're not 2-10 and 10 anymore. They're not, they're not the laughing stock of the SEC anymore. They're a respectable program. And they're going to continue to rise. Look at the basketball program and what Coach Musselman's done. You know, I was kind of going back and forth with, with some LSU people today. They were talking about the job that their AD's done. He's done an amazing job. You know, they got two national championships to speak for, but so does Arkansas. Arkansas swept the indoor track and field championships with, uh, you know, the men and women. But you can't say, well, that's just track. National championships are national championships. Uh, that's the biggest, the funniest thing when I think when people talk about Arkansas, is like, well, you can't count those. Why not? It, it's hard. Other than football, uh, we'll leave football out of it because that's that's the hardest national championship to win, in my opinion, when it comes to getting there. Because you lose one game, and you're pretty much fighting your way to even have a chance to get in the playoffs. Now, with this 12-team format, let, let's see how that works out before I go to judge and say it's a little bit easier. But with the way these super conferences are forming – it still might be just as difficult. But when you're taking athletes that have to qualify to get into a national event and then have enough team players to score enough points to win the national championship, that's very hard to do. And like I said, when we talked about with Coach Harder and, and when we're talking about the indoor championships, there's no break. You're not playing indoor in the fall and you know outdoor in the, in the spring. You, you do your indoor track and field, and then you get a week off or two weeks off, and then you go right back into outdoor. I mean, that's just how back-to-back. -back. And I know every team has to do it and yada, 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 but it's still – it's very hard. But for them to win those two national championships, you, you can't sit there and say that Hunter Yurchek, when the job he's done at AD, is not up there with the top 80s in the country. I would put him number one. And, and if that's being biased or whatever – 
I don't think I'm being biased when I say that just because Razorback fans, we know where Arkansas was four or five years ago. We, we know the Western Kentuckys, the North Texases, San Jose States, Portland State, you know, Club Dub went against Colorado State. You know, we know where they've been. We know the mediocre hoping to get into the NCAA tournament with the basketball team. We've seen the heartbreak with the baseball team and the pop-up. I mean, Arkansas, I've been saying it every, many years I've been on this podcast that Arkansas deserves a national championship more than anybody because just how passionate this fan base is and it's grown. You know, it's like Northwest Arkansas. <laughs> it's grown. It's, it's just spread out to every sport. I love it. I love being part of the fact that when we post things and share things about other sports other than football, basketball, and baseball, that people engage with it, they like it. And to see the fact that, you know, with the recruiting class that Mike Neighbors got with Talia Scott and Jenna Lawrence, you know, the additions that they have to this year's team on top of the staff and having Sasha come back. That's going to be a sleeper team. Everybody's down on Mike. Everybody thinks Mike's this, Mike's that. And I will say this. I will say it on air. I mean, the the expectations for this team are up there. And they didn't meet the expectations the last couple of years. So all the all the talk about underperforming and if y'all want to say choke, this and that, hey, y'all are entitled to that. And there's no way to really defend that because I followed the team for the last five years. I know I've seen the peaks and the valleys. So seeing how this year played out and seeing some of the games that I knew they should have won, they didn't, you know, the Ole Miss game, the Vandy game, you know, getting blown out by Georgia, a team that I thought they were better than, you know, all those goes into play, but I'm, I'm just telling you just this team is going to be a sleeper team this year. You got Talia Scott coming out of Florida in the back court with, you know, Michaela Daniels. And I'm telling you, what better way to come in your freshman year and get to learn behind uh, Samara and Michaela? Then just you got your depth inside. You got Sailor, you know, Sailor coming back, Emory Ellis coming back. I mean, Jersey Wolfenbarger coming back. You got all these key players coming back and you're adding on. And then you're bringing a girl in from Spain, Christina Sanchez. I mean, this team, Carly Keats is another one that's coming in. This next year, mark it down. I mean, it's going to be a very exciting year for all sports. Football is going to surprise you. I got them eight, nine wins. I mean, I think that's a very respectable outcome. I think that is a lot of Razorback fans would be happy with eight to nine wins this year. I mean, I don't, I'm not one of these ones that are saying 10, 11 wins. I just don't see it. I need to see what this staff, I need to see what this defense can do. And that's what moving forward, you know, we're going to be able to take a breakdown of this, this staff and this roster and really see what they're going to do. You know, we know how summer camp is. It's talking season and it's just pad on pad player, you know, Arkansas versus Arkansas. I want to see what this defense does in the first three games before we start talking about expectations. I mean, we could do predictions and stuff, but, you know, like I've said before, I'll stick by it. The best case scenario, I see him winning nine games. Where do I see him? Actually, I see him at, at eight wins. But as me and Ty were talking about last night, you that's guaranteeing you've got to win your four non-conference games. You've got to, you've got to win all four of your non-con games and then 
you've got to win four of your SEC games just to get to the eight-win mark. I mean, that's tough to do when you play in the SEC West. No, no way you cut it, slice it, however you want to say it. I mean, it's hard. Now, you've got a coach, and you've got a coach's staff, and you've got the offense to do it. There shouldn't be any excuses why they shouldn't win eight games this year. Whether they do it or not, it's yet to be seen. It, it all depends on does KJ find a receiver that he can throw to, and how does the defense go? Depth, how do they play those last four games? Because you got a good four-game stretch coming up, and then you got a brutal stretch. And then, of course, you got Missouri to wrap it up. So it, it's going to be very interesting to see how this team plays out. Um, we do have some real exciting news coming up. We're going to have more shows. We're going to have more days. We're going to end up doing a preview show with a writer from the opposing team. And then maybe, you know, we'll, we'll see how, th- you know, time restraints and, and stuff work out, maybe do a post-game show. But I'm really looking forward to the – this new, I guess you'd say, new era of the Hog Talk podcast. Uh, it's a one-man show now. You know, Jacob decided to go and, and, you know, spend time on his writing career and the best of luck to him. And I can't wait to get on here and bring the top guests, best guests, get some players in tomorrow night, uh, or not tomorrow night, Thursday night. I got former softball star Danielle Gibson coming on. Uh, she's at Georgia now. She's playing in Athletes Unlimited. So we're going to get to be able to talk to her and, and just the excitement she has of being able to be one of them foundation centers, that softball program where it's at now. So, you know, it's, it's a very fun time to be a part of this. Keep following, liking, listening, download, share to your friends. It was funny because my sister was down in Texas and she sent me a text message saying, Hey, this guy in Houston, he, you know, he, he, he listens to your podcast. So, I mean, it was really cool that my sister was way down in Houston and, you know, guy run into, you know, all of our sponsors want to thank all of our sponsors we've had, you know, throughout the years. It's going to be amazing, fun, and I can't wait to bring you the best Arkansas content. We've been able to have the blessings of Hogs Plus be able to share their content, Big Trail Nation. Um, There's a works of another, the media outlet that I'm going to collaborate with that we'll announce at a later date, but top things are coming, best things are coming. We're going to try to do our best to uh, eventually give you daily content Uh, again you know time restraints and stuff like that but for this episode of the hog talk podcast i'm porter hayes and we will catch you on thursday night at seven o'clock p.m with danielle gibson former softball standout thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.